0: Happy Father's Day to each one of you. God is good and all the time. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say, what the video says is really something beautiful that we're, uh, we appreciate each one of you dads. Um, it's a special thing, and uh, so may uh, if you have a dad that's close to you, you don't may you don't know your dad. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but. I want you to know there is a Heavenly Father, and I tell you what, that makes up a lot if you just grab hold of the Heavenly Father, and then God will do a work in you and through you, and you can become the best mom or dad, even if you haven't had the best example. How many know that's true? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. So let's ask God to help us this day. Celebrate, most important, celebrate our Heavenly Father. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. May you just join our hearts together to you as we worship you in spirit and in truth. We give you all the praise. We thank you for this day and the celebration that we are going to celebrate in you and through you. We ask this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. This morning, um, I want to tell a message, give you a message today. Um, Connect kids, you may be dismissed. I want to share with you this morning a message is simply a message that I hope is a blessing to you. Um, As I thought about it, um, I need my clicker. Does anybody know my clicker is? Um, One of the things that uh, it's important for all of us to, to really understand is that God gives us life. And in that process of life, thank you so much. In that process of life, uh, there is so many things around us. But how many people are you close to? How many people are you close to? You know, today is Father's Day, and I will always say this on Father's Day or Mother's Day, is that sometimes, there's many people, when they look at Mother's Day and Father's Day, sometimes they don't even come uh, to the service because they don't even want to just deal with it. But I tell them all the time that there is a Father in heaven. God loves each one of us. And even though if we haven't had the most perfect parent, God is a parent to you, and a help to you, and he loves you so much. And then I tell people, and I'll tell each one of you today, you can be a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, a spiritual grandmother, or a spiritual grandfather to a child. And I wish that the whole church would truly uh, come come alongside and really want to nurture and strengthen young people. Today, they, they need it. They really do need it. And today, as we talk about cultivating closeness with Christ, I want you to understand that God wants to be close to you. The question is, do you want to be close to God? Now, if you look at these signs, how many have ever seen these signs before? Yeah, sure. Danger, construction, do not enter, Uh, caution, do not enter, restricted area. Uh, All these signs prevent us from traveling any further you can't get close to things and then there's things in life where we have barriers whether it's fences and barbed wire whether they're cement whether they're just a gated to prevent people from going any further it prevents you from getting close to anything that's in front and we have a lot of things in life that trying to prevent you from having a relationship with God you see, we don't realize it, but we live so much in this world that we don't really think about God until all of a sudden we're not breathing, uh, we have a problem that we have no answers for, we come down with a, a sickness that doesn't means that maybe I'm not going to live very long, and all of a sudden we think about eternity. But unfortunately, unfortunately, because of where I live, I get to see people sometimes check out when they, they didn't know it was going to happen. Younger and older, things happen. and you know that too. just this week there was things that took place. Death has no age. I want you to understand that, but you and I need to be prepared for eternity and that's why Jesus Christ came and God has given you everything you need to cultivate and to be close to the one who created you. The question is, do you want to be close? This is a picture here of really what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. We were all the way on one side. There's no way we could get to the other side. From the foundation of the world before Christ, before the foundation of the world, there was a plan. And that plan was the Messiah was going to come in and bring back, uh, I should say, redeem the human race back into relationship with God. And that was done through the cross. So when Jesus reached his arms out and he displayed how much he loves you and I, he was doing everything so that you could have a relationship with God. Now, remember this. God has done everything on his part But it's now your part, your participation, your choice of whether you're going to knock and let God answer. Ask and let God speak. See, it's up to you. But Jesus Christ loved us so much that he reached out his arms and he became a sin offering for you on that cross. The Bible says he became sin. He took the penalty of sin on that cross. He was separated from his heavenly father. So that he could forgive you and I. And the word there actually is present, past indicative. It's actually that what he did in that one act would cover everything. It's amazing what God has done for you and I. Look at your neighbor and say, it truly is a marvelous feat. So today I want to talk to you about cultivating closeness with Christ. And i want to give you eight ways to develop closeness with God. You say, well, I'm pretty close to God. None of us is where we need to be. There's always room for improvement. You know why? We're all in the same room, room for improvement. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. (laughs) History reasons why, though, we don't have a relationship as good as we want to, is the bottom line is we disobey God. We want to do our own thing, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, and sometimes... We sing the song, it's all about me. And the reason is, is that's the nature of man. It's self-centered. It's not thinking about the other person. The nature of humanity is thinking of ourselves. And when we think of ourselves, then we're not thinking about the one who rules and reigns over us. And so we disobey God. That's the first reason why our, our relationships are not cultivated close comes down to disobedience. The second reason that happens that we feel that we become distant from God is that we're running from God when God's trying to correct us. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Everything was wonderful until they listened to the serpent, they bit up the fruit, and then they knew they were naked. God comes into the garden and says, Adam, where are you? God knew where Adam was. It was a rhetorical question for him to respond And he said, I ran because I was naked. How did you know you were naked? Did you eat of the tree of good and evil, of knowledge? And then he stopped playing the blame game. Well, it was this woman. If you didn't give me this woman, I wouldn't have done it. It was this woman. And the woman said, no, no, it wasn't me. It was the serpent. He tricked me. We're still blaming people and not taking responsibilities in life. But one day, all will stand before God, all of us life is a gift given by god the bible says the only thing we own is the breath in our nostrils we own one breath that's all we really own and that one breath is the breath of life that god gave to to adam when he blew into it it became a living being one breath at a time gives us life the third reason is we avoid taking the responsibility for our own actions instead of saying And it kind of goes along with the God, and instead of saying, you know what, it's my fault. We want to blame people, and because this person wasn't kind or this person wasn't kind, we think it's okay now. I'm not going to go to church anymore because this person hurt me. You know what? How many people do you think hurt Jesus? And yet Jesus is on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And people say to me all the time, well, Pastor, that was Jesus. Well, how about Stephen? When Stephen, in the book of Acts, was stoned, he prayed to the Lord, Lord, lay not this charge against them. So you can't say, well, that's easy for Jesus to forgive other people. He was God. Stephen, an incredible godly man, was brutally killed, innocent, and yet asked God not to lay that charge of sin upon them and forgave them. And when he did, he instantly closed his eyes, and fell asleep, and that was God's mercy. And the Bible says, the Bible says that God stood up. That alone, God was giving him a standing ovation. Let's read a text this morning. Let's go to Psalm 63, and I want to cover this today, and let's talk about the importance of cultivating a closeness with Christ on a daily basis. Okay? Okay? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Look at your other neighbor and say, are you ready? Come on, ask them. Let's read the scripture here in verse 1 of Psalm 63. You can follow along with me on the screen or in your Bible. God, let me just give you some background. This is King David. This is David writing. We don't know if it was when he was running from Absalom or whether he was in the wilderness going through troubles uh, whether he was running from saul so there's a lot of debate on where this actually falls the reality is whether he's running from absalom or he's running from king saul he's in the wilderness he's in hardship he's in difficult time um, he's not where he wants to be in a sense because he has people after him to kill him and so everything is tough but listen to this portion of scripture that the Spirit of God moved upon him to write, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power of your, and glory because your love is better than life and my lips will glorify you. I praise, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadows of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depth of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him while the mouth of liars will be silenced. This is an incredible portion of scripture looking at someone when they're going through some hardships and looking at the heart of an individual that knows their God someone say knows their God the problem why why people fall away from God is they don't know God you see if you really knew who God was you the situations and circumstances you find yourself under would change because you recognize who your God is you gotta know God And so let's look at this portion of scripture and let's look at these eight ways to develop a closeness with God. In verse 1 and 2, it says, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. At this point in time, the first thing... The number one that we're going to talk about, ways to develop closeness with God. First of all, take responsibility in connecting with the heart of God. Take responsibility connecting with God. Everybody wants God to connect with you, but you know what? You have a responsibility to connect to God. And think about our friendship. Your friendship is only as good as the amount of time both people put into it. Is that not right? If there's only one person putting time in and then the other person's not putting time in, is that relationship going to grow? Tell me. Is it going to grow? No. So the reality is we have to take responsibility because when Jesus said it is finished, everything he had to do was done for us to know God, to have a tight and a wonderful relationship with God. God wants to cultivate something, but it's up to you and I to be responsible for our choices and our actions. Someone say amen. So listen to what it says. The psalmist says earnestly, I will seek you. That's saying I'm going to seek you and give you the priority of my day. I want you to get that, the priority of my day. What does God get the priority of your day? Are you conscious that God is doing things. As you drive down the road, do you talk with them? Do you invite them into every situation? That's relationship. My soul thirsts for you, an expression of need, an interior need when you're expressing what you need. My body longs for you. The whole vessel wants God. You see, when you have a relationship with someone, you want to be with them. A couple of you talked about you want closeness and you want to be close well to be close to someone takes time to be close to someone is getting time to spend with that person you're never never going to have be close with someone if you spend no time with that person you never going to, you're going to have just a warm fuzzy thought you can think you're all close but you're not going to be close if you don't invest the time you have to invest the time it's going to be your dime on your time you have to invest it if you want to see something from it and so the same thing with God. There is a time where you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to start to learn your word. I'm going to start to be in your, in your scriptures. I'm going to start, we're going to be talking, God. I want you all on my journey. So what's happening? David's struggling here. David's in the wilderness. He's on the run. And he says this, in a dry and weary land where there is no water, the ground, no dry ground, no water, the pitcher is unfavorable conditions. Not good. Have you ever been thirsty? How many have you ever been thirsty? You watch a commercial and they pour a cup and they let it fizzle and it's on ice cubes and stuff, you go, oh, I could go for that right now. I'm thirsty. Well, when you're really parched and you're in a desert and it's dry and you think about water, boy, oh boy, do you search for water when you're thirsty. Can't go without water, right? David is seeking God like a man who's thirsty, looking for God. He is conscious. He is longing for the answers and longing for God to work. He is searching God and going after God like a man who's thirsty. Psalms 42 says something, and most of us would know this. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When a deer pants, it's when he's really, really thirsty. You'll see a dog when they're really, really thirsty pant. You see, David's comparing this and saying, you know, when an animal is thirsty, they will look and look and look for water. Then they'll drink the first thing they come across. How thirsty are you for God? In the midst of your hardships, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your things that you just don't have answers to. How thirsty are you to seek God for an answer beyond your norm? Because if you stay, if you're the only one talking to you, you're in trouble. You need to put a new equation, some new stuff into, into your life. It's important. The second thing that we need to do is spend time with God. Not just on Sundays, but spend time throughout the week if he's your best friend, if he's your God, he's your savior, make him part of everything you do. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah, when when David says, I'll seek you, it's a priority. What is your priority? How much time do you spend? And do you seek God because you want God to do something? A lot of people just say, you know, they seek God because they want, but they're not wanting to give unto God. Last time we were together, I, I told you that one of the things I really like that, Robert Kennedy said is ask not what your country could do for you but what you could do for your country but change it around John Kennedy I want you to understand this is that ask what you can do for God not what God could do for you do you know you could be a blessing to God Almighty you ever think about that but most of us is always thinking what God what can you do for me can we get the me out of there and, and really do, and love does, right? That's why Jesus did. He did something incredible for us, even though we were still rascals. Look at your neighbor and say, are you still a rascal? <laughs> so it's a good question to ask yourself, how much time do you spend seeking the Lord? Or how much time I, would you say that you're thirsty and seeking out the things of God? Many say that we love God, but let's be honest, how much time do we give God? Just think about it. We say we love God, but how much time during the week? If we want to get close to God, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to spend some time with the Lord and be responsible when you make decisions. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like I hear it all the time. But the reason why we don't feel like it is because it's not important to us. Because a relationship, is, if it's a relationship is important, then you're going to do those things in the relationship because a relationship is important. Amen? So it's important for us, for all of us. So if we say we want to grow close to God, where's the evidence of our actions to know God? The Bible says seek and you shall find, but you're only going to find God if you seek him. If we want something, if we really want something, we spend time. We make time for it. The problem is God is always left out of the equation. And God is the most important thing in every equation. And he's often misplaced. We can't allow the world in which we live in to dictate who we are and what we're going to do with the time, the gift of time he gives us. Amen. Let me ask you the question. And answer this to yourself. What the best part of the day that you're the strongest? Are you a morning person? Does it take you the whole morning before you wake up at 12 where you feel like, oh, I'm up? <laughs> are you a night person? I'm going to give you something to think about. And I do this myself. My, I am a morning person. When I get up in the morning, I'm literally ready to roll. Now, some of you are not like that. You are not a morning person. How many want to raise your hand and say, you're not a morning person? Come on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I saw some hands go up quick. No way, Jose. Hey. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a morning person. I could get out of bed and I could just go for a run. No problem. But I will tell you this. I give God that best time of my day. I, gi- I give him the best time of my day. If I was a night person, then that's the time. I think you should give God the best time Time where you are alert. You know, you get to a long day. You stop praying. You mean well, but it's a long day. Lord, um, Lord, um, uh, the, um, Lord. <laughs> How many started reading scriptures? You end up reading the same verse over and over again because your head keeps going. Ble, Memorization. How'd you memorize it? Well, I started reading my Bible the other day, and I couldn't get past verse 16, so I just memorized it. <laughs> It happens to all of us. You have to spend some time. It's important that all of us. Let me just, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God first. Make sure that your hobbies, you know, anything else in your life is not over God. God has to be first, and if you put God first, he'll help you in your family, he'll help you in your job, he'll help you in your business, he'll help you in your your likes, your your, your hobbies. God will just bless you because you have a relationship with him. That's what it's all about. Number three, avoid things that del your spiritual walk. This is important. There's things in your life that's going to affect your daily walk with God. And we allow these things to come into our life. So if you want to cultivate a closeness with God, be careful what you allow in your life. Fathers, followers of God, I want you to ask yourself. We could have a discussion. and love to have a discussion. Sit down and simply say, you know, what is it that's in your life that's pulling you away from God? Is it the way you think? Is it a bad attitude? Is it negative thoughts? Is it bad company? Remember, your company, the food you keep, the, I should say the company you keep is the food you eat. So is it people you hang with? Is it just discouragement? I mean, people say things and you listen to what people say. You don't listen to what God says. You listen to what people say. Before you know it, you're discouraged. You believe you believe the naysayers. What is it that delves your relationship with God? What is it that that's really hurting your walk with God? You need to ask that question. That's a tough question to deal with, but that's really important. When I was younger and I came to the Lord, I had a lot of friends, a lot of friends. It was was just a mob of people, a bunch of troublemakers, really. Nevertheless, when I got saved, I know that these guys were not going to be the best for my life because they're asking me to do things that's just going to get me in trouble and they got me in trouble and i had to learn some sto- i had to learn some lessons along the line and finally and finally i just cut off from them and said guys man i just i'm just not that's not who i am anymore i'm no longer serving this stuff i'm serving god and they just you know they just had a hard time accepted it and literally didn't want to hang with me anymore because corkum no longer knew how to party I said, I have a party. You want to come to my party? Did you have them one? Sure. I said we're going to have Coca-Cola, Sprite. You can mix them if you want. You know what I mean? I, we got mixed drinks too. They didn't think that was funny, though. I did. I thought that was hilarious. You want some orange juice? We can put that in anything you want. You know, and you can have it on the rocks or just dry. <laughs> but they just said, No, we're not. We don't want to hang with you anymore. And i said that's okay with me and god just did a work in my heart and life and god raised other people in my life and the people that a lot of those people i don't hang didn't hang with anymore unfortunately did not live very long unfortunately there's not a lot of good stories i want to tell you something cultivate your relationship with god Because not only is the best thing you can have, it fills the heart. It fills the heart to overflowing, and you get to know your purpose of your design of why you're here. Don't get distracted by all the voices and static in this world. Get to know the one who created you, the one who really knows you, the one who really loves you. Avoid those things that dull your spiritual walk. Listen to what Colossians says. Chapter 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Understand what he did for you. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. It says rearrange your mind. Then it goes on to say this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Everything on this world one day is, is going to be gone. It's going to rust. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong, this, you know, there's a lot of fun things that I like. But you know what, I don't serve those things, because they're, they're going to be short-lived. You know, I love to be on the ocean, love the water, love boats, love fishing, love to be out in God's creation. Even God's creation one day is not going to be here if you want to read Revelation. Let me tell you something. If you haven't read the book of Revelation, maybe you should. Because this is where we're heading eventually if God don't come back with a rapture anytime soon. You see, God has a plan, and one day he's going to make all things right. But until then, until then, we all have to be tested, and we have to say, are we going to serve God? Who are we going to serve? Who is going to be our master? But God said, if you want to cultivate a relationship with me, I have given everything you need. But be careful. There's a lot of things that can really dull your spiritual walk. I want you to get this. It's important. Verse 5 on this portion of Colossians says Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, meaning that you're serving those things, you're elevating these things high. You gotta be careful what we elevate. Christ is the one that was elevated so that we could have freedom and forgiveness. 1 John 2.16 says, For all this in the world, the lust of the flesh, the eyes, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. I want you to understand, fathers, you play a big, big, big plan or part in raising up kids to be a man of God, to say, listen, some of these things, I'm not going to let things in my life that's going to take me away from the time I need to nourish my children. Because you only have one short span of influence for our children and it goes very fast after four boys it goes fast and even as I see my grandchildren rising and seeing how fast they are rising up it goes fast and anyone who's here today who's had children can identify it goes fast and so don't get distracted by the real mission. The real mission, the real call to impact, to to ignite and to influence the gifts that God has given unto us. So that we don't get distracted by the things of this world. We need to first take responsibility, to connect with God's heart. Two, spend time with God. Three, avoid things that will dull our spiritual Life. Let's look at verse 3 and 5. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. Listen to the heart of the psalmist. He's in troubled times when he's writing this. And in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied. As with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. A lot of times people go through difficult times and they don't even want God you know what you know what the David is doing at this time he is seeking to please God even when it's hard people always want to blame God when times are tough everybody wants to not take their own responsibility they want to blame somebody they want to find fault whenever you're finding fault or casting in blame remember to blame is lame. And, but take responsibility to recognize that you're, God's still growing you. you got to understand, God, here's David. He's seeking to please God. You have to ask yourself, are you going to be a God pleaser or a people pleaser? Long time, long time in ministry, when God called me, I come to a quick conclusion, God, I'm in it for you. Audience of one. So what you see truly is what you get. I, 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 I want to see people ignite in love with God because God has, well, I've just seen Him do so many marvelous things that I want you to participate in that. I want you to see that. I want that to happen in your own life. Because your love is better than life, my lips are going to glorify you. He's talking about the loving kindness of God, the caress of God. That is meaning It's better, more meaningful than life. The faithfulness of God, this is something that David knows his God. That's why he can say these things. Why? He knows in the midst of the problem, he can still have peace. In the midst of the pressure, he does know his God. And he's under great pressure. It was under great pressure for a lot of times in his life. I will praise you as long as I live. That's a declaration of heart. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what comes in my way, God, I'm going to praise you. Because you're a God no matter what. That's a choice. That's a choice of the will. He's determined to vocally praise God and give God honor. Not just when it's good. Everything's going well. You know, when everything's going well, we're like, bless God. Ooh, hallelujah. Ooh, God is so good. Yes. We just love that, you know? Come on, tell me, God is good. Yeah, but you're not happy anymore, and now you're you're against the struggle? Where's that same voice of praising God in the midst of the hardship? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's changed? See, we can be like a giant roller coaster. One minute we're happy because everything's going our way, but then when things don't go our way, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's God's fault. Everything's God's fault. No one ever blames the devil. No one ever blames the person who does something. You know, we do have volition. Amen? People do choose things. Amen? I just want you to get this. Make it a choice to seek God. Listen to this portion of Scripture here. I think this will... I love this one. Second Corinthians 9 says this. So we make it our goal to... What does it say? Please Him. Yeah. This is something that all of us have to come to a conclusion of whether you want to please God or please people. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, catch this now, may receive what is due for him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. There's a time, there's a time that there is going to be a judgment The Bible says very clear, there's a time that God's going to judge and he's going to see, he sees, and he knows when you're in your tough times. He knows your tough times. He's, He's promised to be there in your tough times. He's promised to carry you in your tough times. He's still the same God, good times or tough times. He's still God. He changes not. And here in this portion of Scripture, there's a declaration here. Paul is saying that he's going to praise him because one day there's going to be an account. How many have ever sung the song, Lord? If the song goes, Lord, you are more precious than silver. That's the title of the song. How many remember that song? Lord, you are more precious than diamonds, more costly than gold, more something about silver, <laughs> lovely, or... Uh-huh. Lord, you're more precious than silver. You're more costly than gold. You're more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares with you. Those verses are taken from a bunch of different scriptures. We sung the song, it's so beautiful. But we got to see God, we got to please God. Servants of God, men of God, dads, let's learn to be people that please God. Just keep it simple, don't have to be complicated. Really doesn't have to be. Verse 6 and 7 says, On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadows of your wings. What the psalmist is doing here is you're reflecting on all that God has done in his life, he's remembering what God has done. David is in his nighttime, not sleeping, and focusing on God. The watches of the night from 12 um, at night to 6 in the morning. It could Some actually include it even earlier than that It's a watch, a three-hour watch. But he's late at night, not sleeping, dedicating his time, meditating on the word of God. You know, you tell people that they have to give up their sleep. Man, that's like giving up their money. Sleep. Yeah, well, God says sleep when it's at night, but while it's day, it's time to work. Amen? Philippians 4 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guide your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? I mean, see, because the reality is is that when we're looking at this process of seeking or pleasing God, uh, he tells us to come to him. But if we're not going to him, whose fault is that? Think about it. If you're not really going to God and doing what you're supposed to do, a lot of time I hear when I have to deal with situations, there's people that are not doing what they're supposed to do, but they're praying, but they're still not doing what they're supposed to do. It's a combination of doing your best and then giving the rest to God, watching God work. God needs you to do your part. First so Thessalonians five sixteen says: Rejoice always. Pray continually. Can someone say, "Pray continually"? Mm. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Give thanks in all circumstances. Don't give thanks for every circumstance in your circumstance. Give thanks. Know that your God, your God's on the throne. He's gonna, and in that tough time, you know when you learn relationship. You know when you finally learn about God. It's in the tough times. It really is. If I had to ask you, when did you really grow in relationship with God? It was in the tough times. It wasn't the good times, because in the good times, if you ever failed a course in high school, probably. How many have ever failed a course in high school? Oh, thank you. And how many? How many have ever failed a course in college? Okay, thank you. Yeah, but you know what? God wasn't done yet. After you fail, you have to come up, take responsibility. You learn, you become better for it. And so here I failed, and then I took it again, aced it. Didn't quit. Pushed it forward. Continued after that. Many more years. God is with you. Look at your neighbor and say, God is with you. Very important for you and I to understand. God is with you. Look at verse 8 and 10. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will will be destroyed. They will go down to the depth of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. This is important here. We need to walk in faith and know God is our strength and our shield. David knows who God is, and when you know who your God is, you can face any problem that comes your way. Just you know, just not too long facing a problem, a pretty, pretty decent problem for myself. But in the midst of the problem, there was peace. In the midst of the peace, God worked all things well. Why? Why? Because you know who God is in the midst. It doesn't mean it's easy. All it means is God's promise. He said, I'm with you, and if I'm with you, that's enough. Then you get to see, then you get to see, oh, you get to see his goodness, his power, and show up. I love when he puts a plan together. Look at this portion of scripture. When you walk in faith and know God is your strength and shield, Hebrews one eleven says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Yeah, your faith plays an equation on trusting God even when you don't see it. Well, pastor, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Yep, I know. Sometimes it don't make sense. That's why you have to trust him. You're going to rust. You're going to trust. <laughs> you're going to have to choose. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith. I'm going to say without faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, that seeking is our part. The rewarding aspect is his part. But if we do our part, God's going to meet us right where we need to be. So you need to understand, you've got to walk in faith. you got to know God and he will be your strength, and he will be your shield. He'll be your protector. That's what the scripture says. The seventh one that we need to do is when you grow in faith, it will be seen by others. Listen, listen. Paul the apostle says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. He's saying, listen, watch my life. That's why, dads, we have to really live the life, you know? Got to live it, not just know it. A lot of people know it. I know the right thing. I know I should do this, but how are we doing it? Look what Galatians says. I love this. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is really good. This makes my liver quiver. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can someone say transformation? Man! This is, Paul understood that he's been crucified with Christ and the life he lives, now he lives because of Jesus Christ. You want to talk about a person who is making a difference, who knows who his God is, is living by faith and the strength of God is being demonstrated and he's protected by God in all of the situations that comes its way. Man. The eighth thing that you need to remember is always ask, what would Jesus do? I have the bracelet here. What would Jesus do? No, do what Jesus did. See, once you know what Jesus would do, the, the next thing is do what Jesus did. And so I'm going to give this to someone. And this is what I'm going to ask you. Who wants a reminder of what this bracelet means to do what Jesus did? You got yours on, Why? Yeah, all right. Who wants this bracelet? It could be anybody. I have more. Huh? Oh, work? Okay. You see, I got more. If you want one, let me know. I have some more. I need them. (laughs) Do what Jesus did. It's a it's a I wear it and I give it, but I, I challenge people. To listen, it's not enough to know what Jesus did. It's not enough. I know Jesus went to the cross. I know, I know, I know. People know too much and do too little. It's not about how much we know. It's about what we we do. That's the real question. So always ask, what would Jesus do? Then do what Jesus did. Jesus sought his Father in the presence of prayer. We need prayer. We need to seek the Father in prayer all the time. Jesus spent time touching people. We need to touch people. In our time that we spend, God has a calling for each one of us to get involved. Jesus spent much time in the temple or today the church making an influence and sharing with others. Jesus dedicated his life to others. Are we not called to do the same? There's a command in the in the New Testament that talks about that you and I need to love God with all our heart mind and soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. What a great call. So let me land the plane. These are these are you want a close relationship with God. You really want a close relationship with God. It's this simple. But don't just say yeah, I have one, cuz then you you're satisfied. You ask me if I'm satisfied with my relationship with God, and I'll tell you, no, I want more. I'm never satisfied. I want more. More of God, more of his presence, more of what God wants to do in me and through me. The day we become satisfied is the day we stop growing. Amen? You understand that? So let's reflect a little bit. First thing we do if we want to cultivate our closeness with God, take responsibility to connect with the heart of God take responsibility to connect with the heart of God it's your choice if you want God God's there for you to receive he has a banquet like I've always say and I'll say until I day I die God has a banquet of food and yet we go to the table and take an olive that's it we don't want anything else we feel so content and that enemy has stolen what you could have because God has so much more for you Number two, spend time with God. If you love him, spend time with God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the word. Just spend time, spend time together in fellowship, in small groups. That's how we grow. Iron shop and Zion. Number three, avoid the things that will dull your spiritual walk. What is it? What's dulling your spiritual walk? Is it you? Is it your negative talk? Is it your people you hang with? Is it your lack of discipline on the things you need to do, the things you need to be applying to your life? What is it? Number four, Seek to please God. Live your life so that you you really want to please God in everything you say, and everything you do, wherever you are, you want to seek to please the Lord. Why? Because he loves you so much and has shown you all that he has done through great love and sacrifice. Number five, reflect on what God has done in your life. Remember what he's already done, not what has he done for me lately. Just reflect on what God has done. Number six, walk in faith and know your God. He's your strength. He's your shield. Number seven, when you grow in faith, guess what's going to happen? You're going to show it to other people. You're going to make an impact. Others are going to see it. It's going to be passed on because faith honors God and God honors faith. And number eight, always ask, what would Jesus Jesus do? And then do what Jesus did. That's important for all of us, all of us. Close your eyes with me for a moment. We talked about cultivating a walk, a closeness with God. So my question is, how close do you want to be near God? How close? How much of God do you want? How much time do you spend with him? What are things in your life that you would say that is not helping your growth? What do you need to do, your part? What responsibility do you need to take so that things could change? I'm just going to ask the Spirit of God to speak to your heart. Father, I just ask right now that you would speak to each heart here. And Lord, I pray that they would understand what you want from them. Father, for those watching online and those here, if Jesus is not their Savior, if they've never asked the Lord to come in to forgive them of their sins, Father, I pray right now they would recognize that and if you want jesus as your savior i want you to just ask him right now come on in say jesus forgive me of my sin come into my life and help me i yield my heart to you and i ask come into my heart come into my heart if that's you right where you are online raise your hand if that's you where you hear you said jesus come into my heart raise your hand right where you are say jesus come into my heart. i'm sold out i'm i want you as my best friend i want you this is the hunger of wanting god you got to make God your Savior. And the first place is recognizing you have sinned and you have gone astray. You've done your own thing. And God just says, okay, you need a Savior. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's a beautiful thing. And God will do a great work. Can you stand to your feet? I'm going to put a blessing upon you. And as I do, I want you to recognize that How many would say that you want to walk closer to God? Just raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. It's a choice. It's a choice. Be hungry. Be hungry for God. Watch what God will do. Let's just pray. Father, I pray right now that you would do a work in each heart. Father, I pray that as they get hungry for you, Lord, as they cultivate, Lord, this relationship, this closeness with you. Father, will you help them and guide them, strengthen them? God, we just ask this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey 08079, or by visiting our website, at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.